When I was a kid growing up in Jersey, uh, anybody who was a hoot or really funny or something, uh, we'd call him a riot. Ladies and gents, uh, this guy's a riot in more ways than one. Bob Dylan. Episode of Pod Dylan, the show that celebrates the work of Bob Dylan one song at a time. Proud member of the Fire and Water Podcast Network. I'm your host, the freewheeling Rob Kelly, and our pal John Glenn is back. John, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Rob. Glad to be back. Yes, I'm very excited. Uh, John picked <laughs> uh, for the second song he wants to talk about something from Empire Burlesque, which is everyone's favorite Dylan album. Uh, specifically, I'll Remember You. Um, so before we even go for it, I don't want, I, I'm going to make fun of this album as I do because it's empire burlesque. It's Bob with yes. his string tie and his wide lapeled, uh, jackets and whatever. But I do like this song like, uh, it's just, uh, as we'll get to it, I think it could be done a lot better. Uh, and it was mangled at the hands of the producer, but we'll get to that in a moment. So, so, okay, John, why yeah. I'll remember you. I, I uh, don't appreciate <laughs> the way you. I don't appreciate the way that you make fun and you mock. Uh, what do you call it? techno Dylan? Techno industrial. You know, you always seem to have a little jive at Empire Burlesque, and so I am here to uh, defend, defend it, and to say that um, it's you know there are songs on there that are worth listening to that are strong, you know. And uh, I, I, I hope maybe I, by the end I can I can you know show these maybe you'll, you'll see them in a different light. Okay, mm-hmm. fair enough. Yeah. I mean, look, I, I think I think there are a lot of <laughs> I think there are a lot of great songs on Empire Burlesque. I just think that they would have been better served by not having that producer Arthur Baker come in and just add those womps and the synths yeah. and and putting Bob putting echo and all about that's the only problem I have with this. And specifically, I'll remember you. Uh, this is a very simple song in terms of its lyrics. Uh, it's a very uh, sweet, heartfelt, devotional song uh, to, to presumably a lover. But there's parts of it where he refers to the lover as a friend, which yeah. I think is very sweet. Like the, the final verse is, um, uh, I'd never say that I'd done it that way, that you liked ha- like have liked me too. In the end, my dear sweet friend, I'll remember you. That's a really yeah. wonderful sentiment. And I think the lyrics are no more... They're just as good as, like, say, Forever Young in terms of their simplicity. I just think the production is the thing that sinks this. And it's hard to it's hard to defend the pr- production. I mean, it definitely takes place at a certain time. This is a mid eighties uh, album. I think it came out in nineteen eighty five. Yep, yep. Was it? And you you do get the feeling that he was pressured into having this production value to kind of um, fit into the new MTV generation. Yep. You know, and so it's hard to deny that, you know, if you know if Dylan had complete control, that this is the direction he would go into because he didn't really do it again. You know, he, yeah. You know, he kind of abandoned this, uh, even though some of the songs that were recorded for Empire Burlesque ended up on other albums, and it has such a a, a strange recording history. I mean, I think each song is a different lineup of musicians, something like or, that. Yeah. And songs that were recorded for Empire Burlesque uh, didn't end up on, ended up on Knocked Out Loaded or even uh, 
what's the other down one? in the groove down in the groove yeah <laughs> i mean th- those two albums i actually i mean i don't i in terms of like i know we're kind of already getting off point but like those two albums i would argue are inferior to empire burlesque but i don't even consider them albums because they were really just what bob, bob had lying around by his own admission he said in interviews these don't have any theme or purpose. It was literally like, oh, I got three songs from this session, right. and I got two songs. And he was just fulfilling a record contract at that point. Empire Burlesque is thematically coherent, right. sonically and and uh, sort of thematically and textually from beginning to end. I mean, this this album, a- after nine songs of whomping drums and, and synth beats, the final song is an acoustic number which shows a certain amount of intent to say, okay, you've been hearing all this, you know, 80s stuff, and now I'm going to quiet it right down here, and that works really quite well. It's just, And you it's know, a strange acoustic song. It's almost yes. like Celtic. It's almost... Uh, yeah, that's a, it, Dark Eyes. It's a, yeah, a dark very eyes. strange song. But, uh, but I mean, it's, again, in terms of the lyrics, like, I'll Remember You is Bob yeah. very romantic and very sweet, and, and you don't... For once, with a Dylan song, you don't. Uh, to me, I don't get a hint of any hidden agenda or some second meaning. It's to me, it's you were you to me were the best. When there is no more, you cut to the core quicker than anyone I knew. Like it, yeah. it seems very straightforward. It's just you know. Now this was around the time he had gotten married again. Uh, who the hell knows if that's who he's talking to? I mean, you never <laughs> know. But I mean, I, I went. I mean, Bob is so famous for being. You know, double meanings and triple meanings and, and sarcastic and withering and hateful. And so when he's like this and he's sweet, it's startling almost because it's he's just being so genuine. Yeah. And, um, you know, I kind of mentioned in my other one that there are certain songs like I put Dylan songs into certain categories and they're and the best ones kind of are their own category. But this one is um, very like moon in June kind mm-hmm. of uh, traditional and. I, I put it in the same category as, let's say, almost the entire Nashville skyline. Um, I'll be your baby tonight. Mm-hmm. Like every once in a while, he throws in these very, like you say, very simple, very melodic, very you know, easy breezy songs. But <clears throat> what I really like about this song is that it takes place in this. Um, if, if you really get into the lyrics, uh, it kind of takes place. In a very, almost on a cosmic scale, like he says, when I'm all alone in the great unknown, I'll remember you. Like, even though it's like a simple love song, it take, it's got this backdrop of this um, real cosmic, it's very cosmic. Um, I'll remember you at the end of the trail, you know, I had yeah, so much left to do, yeah. I had so little time to fail. Like, he's using this, and, and at the same time, it, even though he's saying I'll remember you and he's saying good things about this person, you get the sense he's leaving for some reason. Mm-hmm. And um and he and he's using that opportunity for a little self discovery. And so yeah. it gets deep. Although I will say it's hard to get into it with the production of Empire Burlesque. And it and the song didn't really get to me until I heard like bootlegs of the Heartbreaker tour and where he played it a lot and I have to say the best version I've ever heard is on the soundtrack for Mast and Anonymous, where he's grizzled and just, I don't know if you ever heard that version. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. It's a perfect time to get into it. Yeah, I mean, this is a song that he's never abandoned in terms of his live performance. He's done it, 200, according to BobDillon.com, 226 times. 
Uh, he yeah. the last time he did it was eleven years ago, but in, in Bob terms, that's not that long ago. Uh, you know, and and yeah, as, yeah. You, as you said, he did it on Masked and Anonymous. And for anybody who's listening who doesn't even know what that is, Masked and Anonymous Anonymous was a two thousand three movie that Bob starred in, uh, and. Uh, Perversely, the soundtrack is all full of Dylan covers, uh, but he does sing some of his own songs pretty much live in the movie, in the context of the movie, because he's a musician, mus- a musician in the movie. And he sings a lovely sort of acoustic slowed down version of I'll Remember You. And that to me says that's how well this song can work when you don't put all yeah. the 80s stuff on top of it. Yeah, it's, you know, I really came on this show to do defend it but it is really hard to defend the production value of that studio version you know it's like it's distracting it's really distracting the the different the synthesizers and just that echo effect that they have but now that i really like the song i appreciate that version a little bit more because it's again another layer to add to it it's yeah. it's certainly unique. I mean, it's certainly Empire Bless certainly really doesn't sound like any other Dylan album. You got to so you got to give it credit for that. Is that it's, yeah. and and the fact, again, this I think the song a lot of the songs here are very very strong lyrically, um, melodically. I think they're they're really very. I mean, when the night comes falling from the sky, which is we'll cover on another show, that is the ultimate example of how butchered these songs were. Because to me, mm-hmm. there's a version of that that's a masterpiece. And then there's a version on this on the album, which is to me unlistenable. That to me, you know, but that's yeah. that's Arthur Baker, you know that <laughs> that's who that guy was. He he was he was, he was hired to deliver a Reagan era sound, and damn it, he was going to do it, whether it was New Order or you know whether it was Bob Dylan. It did, it just didn't matter. He was going to give you that sound. So yeah, and. Did he do? Do you know what else he produced? I mean, I do it, not know. I used to. I, yeah. I've read several books, and they talk about that he did a lot of stuff. That apparently he produced a lot of albums where that sound was appropriate. It was just he had yeah. no business being paired up with Bob Dylan, and Bob Dylan was at a uh, probably a low ebb in terms of his um, confidence, his his musical confidence to be able to say, "Hold on, wait a minute." This doesn't sound right. And as you say, this, there was probably a lot of pressure from MTV from that era. Because if you've ever seen any of the videos Bob made for Empire Burlesque, they are surreal. And the, how awful they are. Tight connection to my oh heart. Oh my god. That's, that, the video for that song, you just, like, what is happening? What is going on? It, but, know, it's so weird. It, it, I mean, you were just like Bob cannot even be bothered to lip sync properly, and you're like, why is he here? Like, why is why is Bob Dylan putting himself through this? And, He's like the backup guitarist in a trucker hat in a yeah, oh, car. God. It's just the most, I, you know. And like I said, it was this era that he would to me he produced all of his sort of worst stuff during this period from '85 through '88 through the Dylan and the Dead live album. And then I think he finally realized, you know what, I got to shape up. And he then when he went and did the Woolbury stuff, and he wrote Oh Mercy, and he gave it to Daniel Lenoir, and here we are now, twenty years later, we're where we're, we are. But anyway, this song is still again. I, I don't mean to run it down. Absolutely, it, it it's a really sweet song, and I have at times put it in rotations. There's other songs from Empire Burlesque that I have put in rotations, uh, even more often than this. So there is a lot of good stuff here, and it is a, a, a sweet tune. And it, again, it's it's Bob being very, um, very genuine and very sweet to a companion. And again, any any time, some songs about friendship really get me. 
Uh, I don't yeah. know why. My favorite Rolling Stone song is "Waiting Waiting on a Friend." There's oh, something because it's just it's not something I guess you hear singers sing about. You hear about romance all the time, but friendship is something that mm-hmm. is not a subject. So even though he's clearly referring to relationship here by calling her his friend, uh, I just find that very very compelling. So yeah, it's it's I'll remember and, you. And it's bittersweet. I mean, really, yep. you get the sense that he's he's leaving. You yep. know. Yep. And um, actually, in order to defend. This song, and I knew I'd defend the album. I tried to look up old reviews of when it came out, mm-hmm. and the Rolling Stone review for this album by Kurt Loder, oh boy, is is a rave. He huh. raves about it. He, uh, I have it up, so I'm just going to quote from the first paragraph real fast. Empire Burlesque puts the snarl back in Bob Dylan's music. He says his 29th LP is something else—a blast of real rock and roll funneled through a dense, roiling production that affords Dylan more pure street beat credibility than he has aspired to since, well, pick your favorite faraway year. And then he asks, is Dylan back again? One is tempted to trumpet these some such tidings. Wow. The idea that this was a comeback album either shows how bad they, everybody thought the Born Again stuff was, but also, like, how bad music was in 1985. <laughs> this was actually considered a, 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 a comeback album. I wow. mean, Jeez. yeah, I, I was so surprised at how raised. Now, they, they don't really, he, Kurt Loder doesn't really go into uh, I'll Remember You, which is disappointing for this episode. Yes. But, you know, he, loved, he likes a lot of the other songs, especially When the Night Comes Falling from the Sky. You know, I can't but, fathom, I can't fathom that that he's saying that this album puts the snarl back in Bob Dylan because the last album before this was Infidels and that was like yeah. a, out of the eight songs, seven of them are snarling. So I don't know what Kurt's talking about there, but okay, you know, fine. You yeah. know, again, Bob yeah. Bob got over it. He moved on. So uh, <laughs> you know, and it, it's there for for all of us to enjoy him and his again his string tie and his his cool gray jacket with the wide shoulder. So. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Before we sign off here on, on I'll Remember You, I do need to ask you. Now, this is a feature that I sort of phased out of the show just because I just I felt like I couldn't work it in right, and I didn't. it just never really gelled for me. But John off air chastised me for not asking him, so I'm bringing it back here yeah. for this episode. Um, John, if there was any yeah. era of Dylan that you could mis- magically have come back – Polka dot shirt Dylan, or you know, folk, <laughs> folky Bob Dylan, or all you know, uh, country Bob Dylan, uh, even techno Bob Dylan. Uh, yeah. Was there one? What would you love to see return for like an album or a tour, or even just for like you know, some like a video, just just a brief blast of the old Dylan? Which one would you want to see? It's it's a hard choice. Uh, of course, I want to see him at the Gaslight. You know, at the coffee shops in Greenwich Village, you know, perfecting his songs, playing a lot of covers. I also would have loved to have seen him uh, play with a band, you know, mm-hmm. either in any of the tours, even the 74 tour. But if I if I could go back to any other concert, it would be during the Time Out of Mind tour, like uh, which and even after Time Out of Mind, actually, like from 1997 to like 2000. Okay. I think that was his best band ever. Charlie Underwood, uh, Larry Campbell, 
of course, Tony Garnier. Tony, Tony Garnier, yeah. Yeah, David Kempner on the on the drums. I forget who was, who played steel pedal, but it was those those were the best rock and roll shows that were happening at that time. And he brought out the deep cuts. I mean, I've I saw him a bunch of times from between, let's say like ninety seven to like two thousand. And I heard songs like I heard Wicked Messenger. I heard um, Country Pie. <laughs> I heard Blind Willie McTell, and you know you hear all the usual stuff. But I heard Desolation Row, and he was just on fire. And every song, every concert opened up with like a folky either. Country yeah, or oh, I song. love those. Yeah, and so I would go back to that, to that tour, to that lineup w- without a second thought. You know, right. interesting. And then once they added like the Time Out of Mind songs, like Cold Iron Bounds. Or even like not dark yet. It used to slow things down, but it, it like, yeah, that that's my top choice. That All is right. it. Fair enough. Fair. Good answer. Good yeah. Answer. All right. And, well, and he also used to tour. I, mean, I don't know if you if you saw him during the, when he toured with Paul Simon or Phil Lesh. I did not. I saw one with Phil Lesh. I did not see the Paul Simon ones, unfortunately. So it was just a great night of music, you know. So yeah, that would be my choice. And while we're on the topic, I saw him at Temple University. November 9th, nineteen ninety nine. Okay, mm-hmm. this is a Dylan. This is a good Dylan story, if you allow me. I saw uh, November 9th, Leah Cora Center at Temple University. Um, it was the first time ever he played a satisfied mind. Oh my lord! Yeah, and and the whole show was great. There was a shooting star that just everybody was silent. Then, exactly ten years later. Okay, he came back to the Leah Cora Center, and me and my buddy Goldberg went to go see him. And I looked it up, and I was like, I can't believe this, Goldberg. But we saw him there, November ninth, nineteen ninety nine, and we're about to go see him, November ninth, two thousand and nine. <laughs> exactly ten years later. So I was working in Center City at the time, and I just walked to Temple. You know, it's right on Broad Street, the Leah Cora Center, and I was hanging out with some of the Dylan, the Dylan posse that hangs out, and. Uh, I was talking to some people there, and I was like, hey, you know, he played here 10 years ago to the day. And the guy looked at me, and he said, I was there, that shooting star. You know? Wow. It's like, wow. That, I mean, you, you know, you hear about those moments, but just that, that memory of that song and that performance could last like 10 years. That was, uh, that's Dylan. Yeah, and 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 that's you know a lot of people have asked uh, people who aren't aren't necessarily fans or only know the legend of he'll sometimes murder songs or and people ask why is he still doing this and I think that's why he's doing it I think it's because he's he's chasing that elusive moment on stage where everything falls together and it's sort of a magical thing for him and the audience I mean he's clearly still trying to convey something because he doesn't need the money. And for a man who is now 75 years old. Yeah, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Bob. Being on tour 150 nights a year is an extraordinary physical act. I mean, you know, he doesn't need to be doing this, but he does. And so he's clearly trying for those moments. And maybe those moments for him happen once every nine concerts or something. But I guess to him it's worth it. You know, to him it's worth it. I mean, you have to wonder why on November 9th, 1999, why did he suddenly decide to play A Satisfied Mind? Yeah. I mean, that, that's a cover song that he recorded for Saved. Yeah, that's like a minute and a half long, too. You yeah. Know? Yeah, and I'm trying to think of him with the band of like, hey, let's play that. Like, huh, what? You know? Like, yeah. Okay, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, it's amazing, amazing to think of. So, well, that's wonderful, John. Uh, yeah. Thank you always again for coming back on. I really appreciate it. <laughs> I, I, I do too. I'm glad I got to think about. I'll remember you. <laughs> I, you know, I'm sure uh, Arthur Baker appreciates you sticking up for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, all right, man. Well, obviously, you'll be back on soon. We'll be talking about yeah. some other songs. Uh, in the meantime, if anybody wants to follow this show, you can go to Twitter. It's pod underscore Dylan. You can leave a comment over on the individual show threads or on the, our contact page at, the, at our website, which is fireandwaterpodcast.com. So, John, once again, thanks for doing the show, man. All right. Thanks for the podcast. It's great. Thank you. And uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. And we'll see you later. Bye. <laughs>